Welcome to People Mobilisation Insights, a podcast produced for the University of Southern Queensland's Master of Business Administration. I'm Dr. Daniel Maddock, a digital pedagogy and media specialist and part of the MBA design team. In this podcast series, we talk to leaders from a variety of industries about how to harness the power of your most important resource, people, mobilising them in line with the organisation's values towards success. These interviews were recorded via the internet, so please keep this in mind as you listen to this episode. Nia Yari Giam, Jagenba, Na Gayabu, Yarrawa Peoples, Nia Toowoomba. This podcast is recorded on the traditional lands of the Giabul and Yarrawa peoples in a place called Toowoomba. Our guest for this episode has over 30 years' experience in local government, including as Mayor for Milmerin Shire Council and now as Mayor for Toowoomba Regional Council. Paul Antonio leads the region at a time of intense growth and development, having just completed Toowoomba's second range crossing whilst advocating for Toowoomba to have a part to play in some of the nation's biggest infrastructure projects, such as inland rail. Paul is a fellow of the Australian Institute of Company Directors, serves on a number of board positions and is a white ribbon ambassador. Paul Antonio, welcome to the show. Thank you very much for having me. It's an honour. Paul, can you tell the listeners a little bit about your career background? I know you've spent over 30 years in local government. When did you decide to become a local government politician? Look, it was way back in 1982 and I was a member of the uh, Normaran community. My family comes from a, a historic farming background there and I was working in a partnership with my brothers and my dad. And I well remember the day I decided I would tell my late father that I was actually going to be nominating for the local council uh, his words are unrepeatable in this circumstances, but they were certainly not encouraging. He didn't want me to get involved. <laughs> I went on with that because I'd been involved in a few organisations, including uh, the local rugby league club, the Anglican Church, and a few things like that. I'd been involved in the centenary of Bulmerin, and uh, I felt that I could offer something. I'm a graduate of UQ Gatton in the old days, and I just felt as if I had something to offer. That's what started it. Uh, it went through to, no- to 1997 when I became Deputy Mayor of Mulberrin Shire Council. I became Mayor in the year 2000 uh, for eight years. And then, of course, we had the amalgamation. And uh, I had a very good fortune of topping the vote by quite a margin for the council election then. Uh, Peter Taylor, the former Mayor of John Darien, was the, uh, was the Mayor and uh, following uh, four years of uh, service as Deputy Mayor, uh, I chose to stand for the mayoralty and I won that by a good margin. So since then, I think uh, I'm very proud of what Toowoomba has done, what we've achieved, and I think if you want to look at my record, uh, I've had some good fortune uh, and I think success is about teamwork. Success is about, particularly with projects like the bypass, happened because of political alignment and that moment of opportunity that we had to go for. So uh, tomorrow, in fact, I'll be celebrating 40 years uh, since I was first uh, sworn in as a councillor on the Mormeran Shire Council. Wow, that is uh, going to be a big celebration, I'm sure, Paul, an amazing achievement, 40 years, and you've achieved some amazing things in government. You, You were talking there about the second range crossing, which is a big achievement for Toowoomba. We're talking about people mobilisation today. How does that work in the context of council for those big projects? Well, council, of course, uh, has a couple of very clear, uh, clearly dictated politically 
circumstances for those who are elected and those who, in fact, work with the council. Uh, there are two spaces uh, and uh, the elected councillors are doing the strategic work. We're planning. We're doing the, the effort that needs to be done to make sure that this community will have the appropriate infrastructure, for instance, in 20 or 30 years. That's called strategic. We do not get heavily involved in the operational end of it, but we do have a very strong relationship here between myself and the CEO and our senior staff who are responsible for the operation of this organisation, who are in fact responsible for that mobilisation that is so necessary. And maybe with your consent, uh, we'll talk about uh, a journey we went on in terms of flood recovery post the 2011 floods that was here in Toowoomba. I think it's a good example of how things can work. That example would be fantastic. Paul, can you take us through that story from start to finish? Well, of course, there hadn't been a flood of any consequence in Toowoomba or places like Oakey since about the 1983, I think. That was about the year that there was a flood of any consequence. The 2011 incident was quite unique in that there just was a very heavy downpour along the escarpment. It had a dramatic effect on the Lockyer Valley and they lost many lives. Uh, It had a dramatic effect here. But what you want to remember is that we generate our own water. We don't have a river flowing from elsewhere coming through Toowoomba, and that was to our distinct advantage. Tragically, uh, we lost two lives in town and we lost another life further out uh, uh, towards Dolby in in a flood situation. But the learnings of that were enormous. It was horrific, the flooding in Toowoomba, unprecedented, Nobody had experienced that and the impact that had on our community for some years after. You know, people would ring me the day there were storms predicted to say, are we okay? But no, what happened then is we had to make sure that we examined what the consequences of that flooding were and how we could mitigate those consequences. And it came to us that we ought to be building detention basins. A detention basin is something that, in fact, holds up the water and discharges that water at a rate that will stay in the creek. So it's a dam with a hole in it. And we built a number of those. And I think in the recent flooding event in Toowoomba, uh, it certainly did save a lot of trouble. We built um, a number of those detention basins. We widened streams. We removed uh, some houses from uh, the consequences of flooding. But we certainly made sure that we changed things dramatically. There was significant outside help to the tune of $230-odd million. $20 million came from the ratepayers. But the critical thing that we learned from that was not only did we do the mitigation, but we made absolutely sure that we were able to monitor the situation, and that's a critical part of it. And what I want to say is that when I sat in the control centre during the recent event as chairman of the local disaster management committee. And I admire the way that our people came together working with many other groups of people. But at any moment, I could check the level of the bridge in Oakey, the level of the flooding in Oakey, the level of the flooding at any places, because not only have we built detention bases and mitigated the flood consequence, but we're also monitoring that. And we know that it rains very heavily and the detention basins get full and they start to spill over the top, that all bets are off and we've got a short time in which to get people out of 
the spaces that the, uh, where they could be in danger. We've got a short time, time to, to close the roads that's necessary to close. So that's been one of the most amazing things, and I was so proud uh, to drive around uh, during the floods and post the floods and just see what the impact was and what dramatic impact there was as a result of the work that we'd done uh, post-2011. There's a little more to do, and we need to do it. But one of the great things when it comes to getting people together and getting them moving is what I saw in that control centre, where at any moment as chair of that committee, I could ask a question of someone and they could give me an answer because they were monitoring every single thing. They were working with the police, they were working with the ambos, the fireys, the whole lot. They had a lot of people in town ready to rescue people and we were so much better prepared than we were way back in 2011 when we hadn't seen anything of that consequence since 1983. What a brilliant, brilliant solution. And clearly a lot has been learnt from the 2011 floods and you've applied it successfully, uh, very successfully in in this new situation um, to great effect. You were talking about the fact that you had to utilise ratepayers' money, but also uh, private investment. How do you work at mobilising different groups of people to come together to find one solution to a problem? Well, I think it's very important to, uh, and, and the, the external money that we received of that $240-odd million uh, actually came from the federal and state government, and that's a necessary thing. And, of course, we're talking to them again now. What we're doing, we're talking about mitigation, but we're also talking about betterment. Why would you fix a road back to the standard it was when it gets washed away every time there's a reasonable event? Why would you do that? Why wouldn't you use betterment funding and make absolutely sure? And can I give you an example of that? Some of the small towns near Toowoomba were cut off, Cambuias or Iremas, those sort of places were cut off by flooding. Well, we need to make absolutely sure that we use betterment funding to actually improve their access. And that's about safety. The other thing, uh, since the whole time I've been elected to council, uh, various councils, the Condivine River flooding at Norman at a community called Pampas, between Pampas and Yandilla, uh, there was a centenary bridge built there, and that was quite some time ago. It's certainly been operational for all my political life. And every time there's a, a moderate flood, the road is cut. That road is now the Gore Highway, which joins the Newell Highway, which has now become a major freight route for this part of Australia. A lot of the freight that flows to Brisbane comes from Melbourne, say, and it's collected on the way up by Sydney, etc. But on the flat country in western New South Wales, it comes, gets to Gundawindi, and then joins the Gore Highway, which goes from Gundawindi to Mulmerin, Mulmerin to Toowoomba. Now, that particular route is being... Uh, Having betterment funding thrown at it now, the Mayor of Gundawindi, Lawrence Springborg, has got funding uh, for the Wyaga Creek crossings, and there are two or three of those from memory, and they generally break the, the road uh, when there's a half reasonable flood. So we've also put the Condivine River Bridge in there. There's a new rail line being built there, and it's going to be five metres above ground level to get across that river so it doesn't have any influence. The current road, the Gore Highway, as it crosses the Condamine River, is little more than a dam. It holds up the water. You know, that flat country floods and the water spreads out. 
and uh, consequently the impact of the current road is enormous. It needs to be lifted. It needs to have best cross, better cross-road drainage just to make absolutely sure that we get the best outcome and we don't have a, a cut of freight route when there's a, a moderate flood. It sounds like there's a lot of motivation that's required to mobilise staff. Going back to core principles, is, is motivation one of the driving factors you have for uh, getting staff to mobilise? especially in the wake of a disaster? Yes, it very much is that. And, you know, when it comes to the uh, uh, things like the flood recovery work that was done in Toowoomba, the mitigation work, it was a matter of us saying, having a plan, being prepared to go to the federal government seeking funding, being prepared to put our money into it too, and going to our senior staff. And what our senior staff did in respect to that, they employed uh, some, some of Australia's leading hydrologists to actually work out what is the best way to, in fact, do this. Now, that journey was not easy. I know that uh, I was the mayor at the time uh, in 2012 when it all really got underway, and I know my colleagues and I had a series of threats from people because we were going to go into uh, places like Ballon Drive and, and we were going to have to remove some trees, we were going to have to build this structure that would make a difference. And um, there were people who were very, very upset by that. And one of the special moments in my political life is when one of the opponents came to me about a, the next one down from Ballon Drive, the next uh, detention basin, and she was a strong opponent, a lovely lady. She came to me and she said, you know, Paul, I want to apologise to you because when it comes to that particular detention basin, you were right and I was wrong to take the attitude I took. Just look at, A, we built a garden out of it, we built a beautiful treed place, which is very peaceful for everybody, but we do have a functional detention basin in the same space. And uh, that sort of thing in public life doesn't come very often, and I found it to be very rewarding, and that lady gets a very special hug from me every time I see her. And what a great outcome. It sounds like you have to do a lot of management of people's expectations when you're mobilising people as well. You have different points of view. Not everybody, I guess, is going to be on board. No, absolutely. And then there comes a time when you've actually got to make that decision and do it. And I well remember that uh, when we were moving ahead with this whole mitigation process down East and West Creek um, in Toowoomba here, as mayor, I said, right, let's stop for a week. Let's re-examine everything. Let's reconsider everything. Let's see if there's not a better way to do it. At the end, and I knew what the answer would be at the end of that week. I guess the word that came from my mouth is right, we're doing it. We've just made that decision. We're prepared to accept the consequences of it. And, you know, it's pretty amazing. Uh, I uh, get a lot of my political advice, or I certainly used to, uh, from uh, a barber shop that I attend on a regular basis. And uh, tragically, that man passed away recently, but he used to tell me exactly what people were saying about this particular project. And uh, there were, in fact, there were people getting their hair cut and ring me to say, don't come for a while yet till these people go because of their, <laughs> going to make it go the other way. But, you know, he finally came back to me, as did that beautiful lady, to say, you've done the right thing and those people have settled down dramatically. They've seen what you've done. They've seen the outcome. And, uh, you know, it was, a, it was a great outcome. And when you sit and watch uh, just exactly what happened, uh, sitting in the control centre, watching the cameras that we've got spread all around the place, 
to give us a complete understanding of what to do, what to mobilise, what not to do. Uh, you know, it really is very special. And I think we've moved ahead dramatically in terms of all of that in the last, uh, well, since 2011, in the last 11 years. Coming along to the outcome, Mayor, you've, you've managed to create these um, mitigation strategies which also allow you, as you say, to watch the event take place live and be able to act, you know, the very second you need to act and you know exactly how to act because of all these things that you've put in place. That's a lot of planning to understand what you might need to do should certain things take place. Is that really a core principle, do you think, about mobilisation, knowing what possible avenues you might have to take and how you might necessarily need to mobilise people given those um, uh, avenues? Well, my attitude toward that would be we know what we know the outcome we want we want. In this particular case, it's a higher level of safety and a higher level of awareness for the people of the community. To get to that stage, you've got to do a lot of work in between where you begin from and where you end. And a lot of that requires mobilization. A lot of that requires getting the best possible expertise you can get to make absolutely sure that you've got the best outcome to question some of the outcomes, to have the meetings with people uh, time and time again and ask them what they think about it. Do they have any better ideas? And some of them do and some of them don't. And you've got to be careful what ideas you take on board because you have determined the outcome you want. And to get to that, you've got to mobilise so many different sections behind you that inform you to make sure that the position you want to get to is possible and it's worthwhile. And it, it sounds like ultimately you're saying that that you're responsible. All the advice you get, everybody is taking a part in it, but ultimately you're you're the one at the top. Well, people will judge you on the outcome. And, uh, you know, when I uh, drove around on that, uh, that day when the floods were really bad in Toowoomba, the detention bases didn't overflow, they nearly did. And I point out to the detention base just near the City Golf Club and the Elf Garnet one, if you see the impact of that on flooding in the CBD, you'd realise just what a success the whole process has been. It stopped the water getting into the CBD, although there was a, a very minor outbreak and we're right onto that. We're doing a very similar study on that now to see how we can fix that. That was an outbreak at the corner of Victoria and Russell Street. Do you think mobilisation is affected by your organisation's structure or culture or even leadership style? Well, I'd imagine it can be, and I, I wouldn't want to go into too much detail there because my life since I've been in local government has been about the strategic end of things and uh, preparing for the future and doing all those sort of things. Uh, but, uh, yes, uh, I think what you say is true. Uh, we've uh, got to be mindful of how critical that element is in any organisation, any organisation at all. The ability to mobilise and mobilise in an appropriate way in these circumstances we speak about. You see, mobilisation in the circumstances we've been through isn't just about the Toowoomba Regional Council. It's about many other parties who are here to work with us. The fireies, you know, the, the ambos are around. Uh, the police have an amazing role to play. The hospitals have a role to play in case they're needed. We bring external parties in uh, who are able to rescue people in flood 
situations. And uh, all that has to happen. But people also have to recognise that uh, there are a set of rules that have been put out there and very often they're far better to follow those rules than to do silly things themselves. And, of course, the old adage of uh, if it's flooded, forget it, comes to mind then because there were people, sadly, during the floods, recent floods, who we lost. And they were lost because they went into places where they would have been better off not going. There's some wonderful and and very amazing stories that you've led us through today, Mayor. Would you like to end by giving some advice to our students uh, about mobilisation in a context that that when they graduate from this uh, MBA, they're likely to be in a in a junior leadership role, um, coming up to thinking about senior leadership, often in organisations, maybe in political life as well. Is there any advice you could give to them about mobilisation? Well, I think uh, one of the things that's important to me in my life is uh, teamwork and people who are prepared to work together, people who are prepared to put a whole range of things on the table, uh, when people ask me, how do you solve a problem like some of the problems you solve in local government? My answer to that is put everything on the table, every little bit in respect to that particular situation. And you'll find when you put everything on the table, you've also got the answer right in front of you uh, if you've got all the facts on the table. But be respectful of those above you and I think work with them and uh, don't be afraid to give your opinion but certainly be respectful of some of the people who've had very broad experience in, in many areas. So uh, I, uh, I think there's tremendous opportunity for young people these days. Uh, a, the education system that they've gone through has prepared them well uh, for all the changes that will be ahead of them. So uh, I'd say just work as a team, work together, make absolutely sure that you understand and make absolutely sure that you have an opinion and you're prepared to express it. A sage advice there, Mayor Paul Antonio. Thank you very much for your time on the show today. It's been my pleasure. Information about our guests can always be found in the podcast show notes in your podcast app or on the course site. This has been a University of Southern Queensland podcast.